Okay, let's start. We're finishing up. Uh, we're finishing up um, chapter Aleph, and after we spend all this time now explaining that, explaining that uh, that tshuva is not synonymous with fasting, uh, we brought up a big question, and the question that we brought up was that, on the other hand. On the other hand, we have a we have a uh, we have a story here, right? We have the story of from Yoel, and then we have also the story from uh, from Megillus Esther. That in fact, it seems like there is this connection. That there is a connection to a person fasting, you know, for something that some sort of sin that was done in order to cause that no further yisurim, no difficulties should happen. Right, so this is our question that we have to deal with. So essentially what the, what the Alter Rebbe is going to explain over here is, you're right, there is a concept of fasting, but fasting is more the concept of what's going to be in the future as opposed to fixing up something that was in the past. That's going to be the real difference in the, in, in the approach over here. So let's look at it inside. So it says like this, Yeah? As you got the page on, in the Tanya? This one? No, not that one. Right? Return, right, unto me with all your hearts, with fasting and crying. So here he's saying, So he's saying like this that the objective of the crying and the fasting here was not to fix up something that was done. Right? They're not connected to tshuva, namely returning the person to Hashem. Right? And also not to fix up the blemishes that happened in the past. Instead, what he's talking about is how to mevatel, to, to nullify a gezeira of Yisurim for that particular generation. Right? And that's really the reason for all the fasting that we're talking about. Shemis'anim al-kol that they fast for whatever sorrow, whatever uh, pain, whatever difficulty. Shalot that it shouldn't come to the to the to the community. We see it also in Megillus Esther. The same idea, right? That Queen Esther asked the whole that all the Jewish people should fast for her. Where are we are? We are at the end of the first chapter of Regeris Like one eighty two. Continues. And he says, "Mashikasu b'sifrei amusar b'roishem sefer rokeiach." And in particular, by the sefer rokeiach, the sefer chasidim, and he talks about he talks about harbe harbe tainus b'sigufim, right? The many fasts and sigufim and many afflictions, la'oiver al krisus and misas basin, in order to, so to speak, for those people that are transgressed. For people that would get a punishment of Kares, people that would get a punishment of, ba- of Mises Basin, Vachain, Lamotse Zara Labatala, right? That's how we've ended up yesterday's class, right? Also, a person who sp- uh, sheds seed, uh, spills seed with, uh, by himself. Shechai of Misa Bide Shemayim, that is Chai of death from the, from the point of view of heaven. Kamashikasu Bittaira, like it says in the Torah, Gabe Er Vainin, right? The two sons of Yehuda. Right, vedino In terms of the din, it's like uh, they would be chayiv krisus. Right, so again, 
the, the point is that, that it seems from this, once again, that it seems that there is a connection. It seems like there's a very clear connection between this idea of tshuva, right, and fasting. So how could it be that we're constantly saying, no, that this is not the idea, right? So the idea is that the fast do help in, in the kapara, apparently. So the Alter Rebbe is going to answer like as follows. He's going to answer with three points. Number one, so the fasts do something. What are they doing? They're lessening a person's fat and blood, right? So in a certain way, it's like a tefillah or like a korban, right? Just like a korban that you're bringing, right, this animal. So this is also the idea. So the idea is, it's, in a certain way, it's going to help to reach the goal. It's not the tshuva itself, but we're going to develop it much more in the second chapter. It's involved in the reaching the goal. So number one point, the idea is not to atone for the past, but to serve for the In other words, to save a person, not from the Yisurim of the future. So that's sort of what we saw before with Esther and with regards to the quote from Yoel, right? That's point number one. In other words, the, the goal of the fasting, right, is not to get kapara, that's not the goal of the fasting, right? In other words, to fix up what happened in the past. It's in, in order to save oneself from difficulties in the future. That's point number one. Point number two is to make it quicker, the kapara. What does that mean? That Hashem, as we said before, as a person comes to Hashem with this tremendous love, so Hashem will, will reflect that love and He will come and, so to speak, purify him with the Yisurim, right? So over here, a person can look at himself and say, you know, am I really approaching Hashem with a love? Or am I just afraid? Maybe it's just a fear. But really we see that in order to do a real tshuva, it's much better to come about it with love, right? Namely, because a person has this tremendous love and he doesn't want to be separated from Hashem, so therefore he's going to institute the fasting in order that he should bring out that love in himself to Hashem and that will correspondingly reflect the love back. Or point number three, Oh, that's the point. I'm sorry, that was, the, that was point number three. Point number two is to make it quicker, the kapara, because he doesn't want to be separated. And point number three is to cause that, what, that arousal of love from above that it shouldn't in any way be from a point of, free from a point of yira. So this is the end of Parak 1. Okay, so... Um, So one of the questions that the Rebbe brings here with regards to Asicha and Yigeris Tshuva is why does he bring, why does he start Yigeris Tshuva with this Brysa? So what was the Brysa again? How many levels did it have in the Brysa that we brought? Who remembers? Three levels. Level number one was what? What? If a business doesn't do a Mitzvah say so what happens? Exactly. That if he does tshuva, what happened is he's meichel right away, right? Why? Because at that moment he's 
asking for forgiveness, he's changing his approach in terms of Meridas Bamalchus, in terms of his, his rebelling against the king. But there is a problem with it, the light never comes down. Okay, continue. What's the second one? What? Mitzvahs I say. What happens there? What? That's right. He's, he, he, he asks for forgiveness, he figures it out, and then he waits until Yom Kippur in order that it should be complete. What was the third point? Mm-hmm. And that third point is, right, something that is Crisis and Mesis based in, right? And the idea is that the Yusurim are going to fix it up. Okay? So, the Rebbe says... that really the idea of tshuva is just stopping. Stopping doing sins. That's what the Rebbe said over here. So the Rebbe asks, why are we bringing this whole b'risa about, about kapara right, and mechila if really the whole idea is that's all dealing with the past and we're dealing with the, the future? That's basically the question. So the point is that the, the Rebbe brings out is that there's two nekudas in the story. There's the etzim atshuva, right? That this is the hachlata of the person that he's not going to he's not going to do whatever sin he's doing anymore. That's it. It's finished. He's changing his direction. He's changing the whole, the whole approach to how he approaches his life. As we said before, tshuva is not just for one particular act, but it's a whole general approach. I am going away from this uh, rebellion, so to speak, against Hashem, right? Then there's a second point. The second point is what's the goal? What's the what's the what's the the matara, right? The 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 focus point, the target of the tshuva, right? So this is the idea of atonement of all the sins, right? That comes through uh, uh, through the, through the tshuva, right? Which is not really which comes about what. All these, all these other points that are involved in terms of harata, vidui, right? These ideas that are not synonymous with just the etzim inyan of tshuva. The etzim inyan of tshuva is just stop doing the thing. So therefore, the Alter Rebbe begins the brayse by saying shloisha chiluke kaparahim, in order to teach us that the kapara. Right, that's mentioned is a part of the tshuva process because it's the idea is that tshuva be'etzim I'm not sinning anymore, but the toitzah. What's the goal of the tshuva? Is this idea that everything should be complete? Everything should be in a way of kapara atonement. Everything should go back to the to the ultimate. Uh, should we say pristine level that we could reach? So, from this point of view, right, we can also understand a different point. If you go over there in in the actual brisa itself, you'll notice that it doesn't bring three points; it brings four points. The fourth point is what did we we talk about this? The fourth point is is that a person that does a chil Hashem, right, the only thing that is able to right fix the whole thing up is the death penalty. Basically, he dies. 
right? So the Alter Rebbe, when he brought this, he only brought the three points, not the fourth point. Why? Because the idea of the mitzvah of tshuva is, right, is the idea of tshuva with regards to being alive, not with being dead, right? So the Alter, so the Alter Rebbe, as he brings it over here, right, that brings these different types of kapara is because they are they are involved in the ultimate toitzah of the mitzvah of tshuva. The kapara that comes through death, however, on the opposite side, right, is not really the ultimate point of the mitzvah of tshuva. Right? Even though it comes through tshuva, you could say, because the mitzvah is connected only when the, of a person that's alive in this world. And we're not talking about a soul that's leaving the body. Therefore, this is the beginning of Igeras Tshuva. So what we have here is, is the idea of how to, on the one hand, we have to understand what is the etzim of tshuva and what is the goal of what we want to accomplish with tshuva. And that's how he brings it here. Is that clear? Tarek base. All this, however, is all dealing with the idea of the atonement and the forgiveness of the sin. Right? That he should be completely forgiven. That he is what? That he is over on the mitzvah of the king. So when he does tshuva shleima, yeah, that's what we talked about before, that he's now coming in a different direction. However, on the other hand, we're not mentioning here anything dealing with the, the final day of judgment. What's going to be in the world to come. In other words, he doesn't bring out here anything about what's going to be in the future. Because when the person does tshuva, a complete tshuva, which implies that he's going away completely from sin, and he has the charata, he has the remorse for the past, and the vidui, right? And the asking for forgiveness. So then his kapara is complete, right? So therefore, based in Shalmaila, not, it's like considered like it's totally forgiven. Like this is the this is the total picture. It's he's, it's a done deal now. It's totally everything is finished. You guys with me? Amnam, however, However, there's a different point. What's the new point that he's bringing here? What's the new point, Hananya? What are you seeing? What does it mean? What does that mean? Exactly. Give me an example of what we're talking about here. Come on, Ezzy. Give me an example of what we're talking about here. Okay, new. Someone, someone like does something against someone else. Right. And they apologize for it, so the person forgives them. But it's not like their relationship is the same as it was before. Exactly. That's exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, Nelson, you're with us? This is exactly what we're talking about. On the one hand, you go and you hurt someone. Right? 
It's obviously not a advised thing, but it happens. People get into fights. They do something inappropriate, whatever it is. So on the one hand, when you go and you ask for forgiveness from this person, the person might hum and haw for a little while, but afterwards he says, okay, I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive you with a full heart. But the question is, do I have the same relationship with this person now that I had before we started this whole thing? And the answer is obviously not gen- generally not. So now the question is, what are you going to do to improve that relationship? In other words, let's say it matters to you. It matters to you. You want to have a good relationship with another person. Right? So you did something wrong. You made a mistake. It happens to all of us. We all make mistakes. So you apologize. Okay, that's very nice that you apologized. But we know that if you want to really work on bringing the relationship back to the way it was before, you have to do much more than just to apologize. You have to reformulate that whole relationship. So this is what we're about to launch into here with Hashem. In other words, let's look at ourselves. We've done a lot of mistakes. We've made you know, foolish things, foolish choices that we made. But the whole objective here, you know, really in a lot of Hasidus, is development of my relationship with God. My relationship with God is, is absolutely essential to me. The question is, how can I improve on that relationship? And the point is that you could take this also with regards to a relationship of a husband and wife, a parent and child, teacher, student, friend and friend. In other words, if you look at life, so much of life is dealing with relationships. That's what's going on. So in order to understand how to work on a relationship... The Al-Tarebbe is bringing this up right away here. In other words, you could check the boxes. Okay, I did it. Okay, I did I did my harata and I did my vidui and I did my, you know, okay, yashikayach. But don't you think the other person know, feels it? When, you, when you're in a fight with someone else and you come and you apologize and you... But there's still a bad taste. The question is, how do I fix that bad taste? Whether I'm talking about my mother whether I'm talking about my wife, whether I'm talking about my friend, who, or whether I'm talking about God. That's what chapter 2 is dealing with. Kapish? It's clear? So let's look back in the words. However, in other words, however in regards to the first part that we just said in, the, in, the, in Perak base. In other words, what we said before is that, yes, okay, you did all the right things. You checked all the boxes. You have everything done. Everything is the way it's supposed to be. So in terms of when it comes to the, the day of judgment, ta, 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 no. okay, so no one's going to mention that time that you did this in uh, XYZ on uh, May 23rd, 2022. Because you, you cleared up the sin. You, you erased it. But on the other hand, what about the relationship? So the letter of the law you accomplished. But the relationship is poor. So in order for it to be that you should be accepted and loved 
by Hashem. Like it was before we had this fight. So that it should be just a nachas ruach in front of Hashem. In other words, what is a sin? A sin is a fight with God. So you could sometimes have a fight with your with your with your mother, right, or your wife. And the bottom line is, you could say, "Look, I, I you know, I got carried away. I didn't mean it." Okay, fine. You didn't mean it. No problem. But it's still not the same. So how do I do that? Right? So then a person has to bring, in terms of his relationship with God, in the olden days, he would bring a korban oila. What's a korban oila? What's a korban oila? What's a korban oila? What? Burnt offering. Burnt offering. What does it mean a burnt offering? Like nothing left on the altar? Ah, oh, nothing left for me. Nothing left for me. Everything is up to Hashem. Right? So I take my money... I go and buy a, 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 a goat or a sheep or whatever it is that I bring, and I don't get anything back. I'm totally giving it of myself. Right? In those days, even if a person just forgot to do something simple, uh, you know, look, he forgot a simple, a simple mitzvah's ase. He didn't do anything with the punishment of krisas or misas based in or anything. No, none of that stuff. Something simple. You forgot to, uh, you know, do something nice for your mother. You should have done, you know, whatever it is, something nice. But now you, but but the point is that the relationship matters. So you automatically feel bad. How could I have not wished my mother a happy birthday? I mean, on the greater scheme of things, it's like who cares? Like, what's the big deal? Birthday, you know, it's like it's really an irrelevant point. But. You, you're sensitive enough to understand that it might matter to my mother. And if I'm sensitive enough to understand that it matters to my mother, I want to do something to even fix up that little thing. Yeah? Even though it doesn't have, it's no major punishment here. We're not talking about karis. We're not talking about misas basin. We're not talking about anything major. Did something small. Right, the whole discussion over there in the Medrash, right? They go through all conversation. Why does he have to bring an oil offering? And he shows for Croesus and Mises basting, right? He needs to, you know, all different things. He needs to get whipped and he needs to get this and all these different other things. So where does the oil come in? So they finally define the oil is, is just for a little, a little, uh, whatchamacallit, a little mitzvah sase that he didn't do. So even that, Right, you have to fix up because the relationship counts. This is bichlal, a very important point, and you could constantly be comparing, right, the relationship between us and another person to the relationship between us and God, right? That what I think is a non-issue, but on the other hand, my friend might think is important. You, you, you're, you're cheppering with my, with our relationship here. It's not the right thing, and so therefore you realize that you have to go beyond yourself to fix up the relationship. You have to guard that relationship. And therefore, when something goes wrong with the relationship, you have to change yourself. And you have to give of yourself in some way. So he's proving this point here. Right? So he didn't even, you know, it's, 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 it's not even like he did something terrible. He, okay, a little thing you forgot to do, you know. 
So he says like this. It's a daron. What's a daron? Anyone ever heard that word before? Daron. That's the daron's name. Present. Right. Present. Right. It's a present. So what, what's the key point that he's bringing here? Nelson, you see the point that he's bringing? What are the words? What are the words that he says? Look again. Look at the words. Vidorin la achesha sachuva nimchalo ha'ainish. What does that mean? What? After he did chuva and he was already forgiven. Oh, so what does that mean to you? That's right. This is not part of the tshuva process in terms of tshuva. He's already forgiven. He's already forgiven. But now, in order to make the relationship better, because he feels that the relationship is precious to him, he wants to go out of his way to fix things up. Let's imagine that a guy gets into a fight with his wife, right? A typical, you know, scene from a movie or something like that. And he wants to bring her flowers. And he just brings her flowers. The flowers, she'll throw it right on the floor. What does she need the flowers for? But if he's saying, I'm sorry. Okay, so now you're forgiven. Now he's going to bring the flowers. It's like he's endearing himself back to his wife. He wants to make things at least as good as they were before and even maybe even better. Right? Because now it's, he realizes that he could bring it himself back to where it was. So he gives a, a famous example. The famous example is, let's say that he did something wrong against the king. So what happens next? So what happens is that he sends a bunch of people to go to the king on his behalf and try to, you know, uh, make the relationship that, that if, uh, for, ask the king for forgiveness. So the king says, Nevertheless, the king says, fine, I forgive him. He's not going to be indicted. He's not going to be, you know, chopped his head off. He's not going to, uh, fine, just, you know, get out of here now. I don't want to, I don't want to have anything... So he wants to now, he wants to say, no, no, I don't want to have that relationship with you. I don't want to have the relationship that I'm just not getting my head chopped off. I want to have a, 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 a relationship, I want to be friends with you again. So now he sends with them not just to, for, to, us, to be this forgiveness and to like get out of trouble. But he sends with them an offering to, to the king, to a present of some sort, to say, you know, I made a mistake and I want to make a relationship better again. I want to make our relationship back to the way it was before. That's the objective here. And that's what the words say. Afa P. Cain, even though despite that he forgives him, Shoileach Doron, he sends a Doron, a Mincha, Lefanav, Shiyisratzelo, that it should be like pleasant for him, it should be positive, he should be favored in his eyes. Liros Pinea Melch, in order to see the face of the king. That's the idea. All right, let's stop here for today.